Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code CHAMPION and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Remember to use code CHAMPION and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets If you don't win your first bet, place your money line, prop, or parlay bets with the king of sportsbooks today. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotion, promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C. All right, everybody, it is Wednesday night, February 8th, 2023, coming at you from the Pod Cave. This is the Mindless Wrestling Podcast, part of the Chairshot Radio Network. You can find us on thechairshot.com. I am the man with the award-winning beard. I'm DJ. We've got four of us on deck here tonight. I'm going to wrap around the room here and introduce this interesting cast of characters that we have. I'm going to start with the host of the Rob the Genius Podcast, the father of facts and figures, the minister of truth, the deacon of data, and I did that out of order, the official shoot bear of the Mindless Wrestling Podcast, and the man with the golden shovel, Mr. Rob. How are you tonight, sir? I'm doing good, and I got the shovel ready, as always. Oh, boy. He signed it up. It's It's been a cut. Um, we get the shovel out about every week, but he keeps it clean, keeps it, <laughs> keeps it shined up, keeps it ready to go in his pocket, and we're, we're going to get into that a little bit later on. And next up, hailing from the Purple Haze in Cloud Nine, Bucky's tag team partner, a man destined to go through a barbershop window, and a still a retail worker, Jason. How's the new job, Bubba? Hey, man, I'm slinging cannabis now, so I'm having a great time. So <laughs> much, much more. Uh, the you know, I'll say the customer base in terms of age is about the same as it was as cell phones. It's, you know, 99 to 99. Well, in this case, 21 to 99. Um, but the 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 uh, the demeanor of these people is so much nicer and so much better and so much more wonderful. And everyone's in there for a purpose and we're all have, having a good time. So, yeah. Uh, and in all seriousness, though, the, the job is going fantastic. The, the professional side of it with, like, the people I've met and the, you know, my stat, my fellow work, my coworkers and my new bosses and everything. It's, it's all awesome. So, so far, so good, man. Hey, that's good. And if you guys listen to the kickoff show on the YouTube channel over on YouTube, that is the mindless wrestling podcast. Uh, talk about my week a little bit. If you listen to my story, you can see why I'm very, very envious of Jason right now. I would much prefer to deal with a much more relaxed and laid back low key clientele than what I'm currently dealing with. Now, last but certainly not least, a Chairshot Radio Network original, the host of not only the DWI podcast, but co-host of the Bandwagon Nerds, and as well as a slew of other podcasts here on the Chairshot Radio Network, the commissioner of these here United States of America, Mr. P.C. Tunney. Welcome back to the show, sir. Yeah, I, man, I call myself a lot of stupid shit. <laughs> It's really weird. It's really weird hearing someone else call you the things you call yourself 
But yeah. Have you heard what I call Rob? It takes me like five minutes to introduce Rob. No, I think what you do for Rob and Jason I, is excellent. Those those are great. I have a question. What exactly does what exactly does the commissioner of America do? I'm it's well, Are you like a police I'm the commissioner Go ahead. of I'm the commissioner of Dem Dam Dare Americas. Oh, excuse my my apologies. Yeah. I'm sorry. So I did not give he... myself the commissioner nickname ah. either, so okay. you you'd have to ask some other people than me. Just a it's gotcha. Just a, okay. It's just a gimmick. You got me. All right, that's fair. Boy, I'm gonna fold like a deck of cards later. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. Tunny is here for a particular reason tonight, not only to talk NXT Vengeance Day, which he did not watch. <laughs> so, <laughs> hey, uh, Tunny. Tony, when you're Sir? when you're under while you're under there, uh, can you check the oil on that bus for me? Oh, <laughs> looks yeah, good. We're Look. gonna park. We're gonna park that bus on him and run it back and forth a couple of times here tonight. Looks good, kids. Bus looks <laughs> good. Could have could have faked it through the magic of podcasts, but no, 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 DJ. Well, Tony didn't watch it, but we're gonna talk about it anyway. <laughs> no, it's it's yeah. It, I told you guys last week I'm terrible at this shit. This is why I could never make a good heel. I'm about to. Change. That's why we're mindless. <laughs> it's the mind. It's in the name. It's the right name there. <laughs> it's right there. Anyway, we are going to be talking some NXT Vengeance Day this week. Or this week, we are also going to be talking as we get on the road to WrestleMania. Heading first, our first stop on the road to WrestleMania is the Elimination Chamber. Monday Night Raw kicked a whole bunch of things into high gear. And uh, there was a really, really smashed it out of the park segment on NXT last night that I want to talk about with you guys. And then at the very end of this episode, we, like I said, there are cracks within the, the, the bloodline. There are cracks within the foundation of the Chairshot Radio Network. We've got some grievances that my boys need to air with Mr. PC Tunney. We're going to take that up with him at the end of the show. Yeah. All right. Going to start with Jason. Did you see Vengeance Day, buddy? I did. You did. What'd you think? Just the show in general for now. Uh, it, everything of what's been working for the new iteration of NXT 2.0, color splash, whatever, whatever, has we've reached that endpoint obviously a while ago, but they are continuing to cruise and they're just doing the perfect amount of. Hey, here's the main acts from the main roster. Hey, here's the folks who would have been black and gold superstars, your Carmelo Hayes, your et cetera, et cetera. And then here are some folks who are here because it's NXT and it's a developmental wrestling federation. Like, I think they, they specific, uh, I'm trying to say NXT is basically performing at its, at its peak capacity, and it has not been so for quite a while. So, all right, Rob, I'm fairly sure you checked out the show. What'd you think? Did the show hit for you? Uh, well, first of all, the 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 the, the opening introduction. Oh, right? of course, yeah. there it is. I was gonna say, yeah, hit a home run from him at eight at eight o'clock on the yeah. dot. <laughs> yeah. So uh, it started out about as well as any takeover show could start. Um. <laughs> um. And so. I say overall yes. Um, now I admit now the nap time came for me during the show, um, and it was no fault of the performers. <laughs> so, um, but the parts that I was awake for, I thought were anywhere from good to very good. Uh, 
we'll get to the one match in particular I thought had a very strange ending. And I think y'all know which one that is. Um, and But overall, um, perfectly fine way to spend a Saturday night. Don't regret okay. Don't you know? I, at no point was I saying, "Well, well this is shit," yeah. <laughs> which I'm prone to do sometimes, as you all know. Yeah, um, <laughs> right, Rob's not afraid. If it sucked, Rob will tell you. Like Rob doesn't, uh, you know, Rob doesn't beat around the bush with it. I'd say all in all, this was a solid. This was a solid premium live event for me. I went into it with very low expectations. I have just been super busy in life. Haven't kept up with a lot of the goings on with uh, NXT beyond what I see on social media. So I went into this with very low expectations. It exceeded my expectations uh, for most levels. Um, <clears throat> Tony, I know we talked a little bit in the pre-show about, you know, how you just, your life is too busy to, to check out um, NXT. Um, so I know you, you said you didn't watch it, um, but you keep an ear to the ground with this type of stuff. Is there... Anybody that was on that card that you're aware of that you're looking forward to seeing down the line? Well, I mean, we're going to get to see Carmelo Hayes in a main event, right? So that's going to kind of see where where that level of talent of his could be shown off. And, you know, it's all about really making it to the main roster for these guys, you know, at least for most of them. I know they want to make a big as impact as they can and have the best possible matches. And you can still tell some of the greatest storylines and have some of the best matches of your career there. But you got to think yeah. like this is this is the point of it, right? So, um, I thought him beating Apollo Cruz 2-0 that really solidifies the fact that they want to get him on track to be somebody, whether it's down there for a while or if he's going to be coming up. But I mean, other than that, I I didn't think the two championships would be changing hands, and they didn't. Um, and DiJack, what he fucking fucked up his finger. Oh yeah, that was oh, that was gnarly. Yeah, like yeah. badass. <laughs> he is a badass. I, you know, honestly, if I if I go back and end up watching it, I'm sure the matches are are really good. The NXT is known for having really good matches. Their stories haven't been as great as they were, but they just they've they've kind of transitioned into this different period for them. You know, the the periods right. they go through are a little bit quicker, considering how the talent comes in and out, but. It's tough yeah. because you can't get the influx of talent they had come in when you had the likes of like Adam Cole and Ciampa and Gargano and before that Sami Zayn and Kevin Owens, right? Like the, right. the indies flooded into NXT of guys that were basically ready for whatever. And now you're kind of where you are, where you just got to kind of get back to what you were doing better before that when you were producing people like Becky and Sasha and Bailey. <clears throat> Right. And, and yeah, well, that's, that's kind of what I was. That's kind of what I was trying to say, PC, with when I was rambling earlier. They've kind of found that sweet spot where they're not black and gold, like we're putting on thirty-minute matches and whatnot. But the match quality is still very, very good, and the top end of their talent is still excellent. You yeah. know, they've gone towards you know more of the you know splashy and kind of the carnival aspect of uh of wrestling but they still have some of the serious stuff in there they've they basically taken the best parts of nxt and of the various incarnations of nxt and kind of got the best parts all going going right now how long they can keep that going with what johnny mentioned you know their sudden influx and just the how quickly their talent cycles in and out so we'll see but yeah, I think right now they've reached the the sweet spot with NXT. 
Yeah. I, I definitely felt like this this event had a mix of some old school black and gold feel um, with the, the new 2.0 flavor kind of mixed in there. Uh, the matches were pretty solid. They were hard hitting. One of them, you know, the North American Championship match was stiff in some spots. Um, <clears throat> just all in all, you know, top to bottom, the whole thing delivered for me. It was a lot of fun. Did not feel like I sat there for almost three hours. You know, sometimes with some of these shows, there's a dead spot and you kind of slog through it. I didn't feel that with this one. Let me just say, uh, the opening match was about as close to an, an old school black and gold takeover match as you're going to get. Yeah. I mean, honestly, to me, it felt exactly like one of those. All right. Well, let's jump right into that one, Rob. Why don't you lead us in? Yeah. Uh, so uh, Wesley and Dijak, like I said, that that match felt like when I was watching that, I was like, well, damn, it, it felt like 2017 again, uh, watching those guys. And um, for all the, the good and bad reasons. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. And the, the bad reason would be that that last couple of minutes where we let, let's <laughs> take out everything. All right. You know, but, um, other than that, I'm I will not- say that felt extra weird because they haven't done that in a long, long time. Yeah. Like that, if that match happened three, four years ago on Black and Gold to open the show, we would just go golf clap, great match, all right, on to the next. Yeah. But wow. now it's almost like weird. It wasn't even the main event; it was the kickoff. Like, yeah. And, what? And was- yeah, and all of a sudden, just turned. It became kick out Palooza. And honestly, I'll say this, it, it didn't bother me as much this time because we haven't seen it in a while. Back when it used to be like three out of four matches on every takeover was like that, and you'd just be sitting there like, come on, man. It, <laughs> it, it, um, Put it so, this way, Rob. When yeah. someone would hit their finisher in the match, someone would hit their finisher, clean yes. as a whistle, middle of the ring, go for the cover, and we'd know there's 15 minutes left. Yes, exactly. So, so this wasn't that, okay? Um, yeah, this wasn't, you know, yeah, it's ten thirty, and you know, it's not ending until ten forty-five, and somebody just hits their finisher, and you're like, okay, yeah, here we go. yeah, we got another twenty minutes. <laughs> A- AEW's hitting that market right now. I think finally <laughs> NXT looked around and said, "That's not what we're trying to do here." And we've talked on this show before about how there's NXT up to a certain point kind of failed people who were headed to the main roster because they were worried about those indie rific matches. They were worried about catering to that niche wrestling audience. And then some of these folks were getting up under Vince McMahon and Vince McMahon wanted something entirely different. So you're going from working 28, 29, 30 minute, you know, Broadway matches with 42 finishers and 39 kickouts. And, you know, and now you got Vince, he's got you on TV in a six minute match. Right. And how do you adjust on the fly for that? And a lot of these people were just failing miserably at that. So I, I think they're they're <clears throat> they've adjusted in the right way to prepare these people for life on the main roster. Now, Vince being not in head of creative anymore, as Rob has pointed out in the past, we've trended more towards longer matches on Raw and SmackDown. But I I think they're still trying to find that balance between Let's cater to the wrestling fans, but let's also cater to our audience, which is not just wrestling. Tony, do you find that to be true? I mean. I, <laughs> I kind of put him on the spot. Sorry. Yeah. It depends, I guess. Is that tough? <laughs> <laughs> well, let me let me ask it differently. Are you a fan of the longer work rate matches 
Or is there a is there a, a threshold that you don't like to go over where you're like, okay, let's wrap it up? It totally depends on who's in there telling the story. You know what I mean? That's kind of why I hesitate yeah. to, to answer the question. Like, do I, it's all got to have a story to me, and I harp on it way yeah. too much. And you lean on that crutch just because I've watched it for so long, and I like. I like the fact that that's what WWE does. It doesn't mean I don't recognize good matches when I see them and storylines in other companies when I see them, but like your, your, your moves have to mean something. If it, if it takes two minutes and it means a lot, then you told a great story. If it takes 25 minutes and it means a lot, you know? Yeah. And I think that comes down to the individual storyteller. Like you can take two absolutely incredible work rate wrestlers and they can go 25 minutes and not tell the story that Brock Lesnar told in the Royal Rumble in three minutes. You know, if you think about it, Brock example. was in the Royal Rumble for all of three minutes, and he told a story with Drew. He told a story with Sheamus. He told a story with Gunther. I mean, there were like four or five little things that they did that meant something with Lesnar, and then he was gone. And sometimes there's more value in that three minutes than there is in a 23-minute, you know, marathon match. So, all right, well, <clears throat> this match for me was, where are we at, the, the North American Championship match. Um, man, Wesley, holy crap. <laughs> was that dude bumping like crazy or what? Oh, yeah. He's good, man. He's he good. is. He's real good, and I like, and I talked to you guys about this when I saw him at the NXT house show a couple weeks ago where he worked the heel, and I questioned whether or not they were going to transition him eventually to a heel. They're not. But he was definitely more aggressive on Saturday night than I've seen him. Because for a little while, while I was behind him, I was really looking forward to what the kid could do. He was really that, hey, just glad to be here, aw shucks, baby face for a little while. And now he's finding that fire. And you kind of have to with a guy like Dijak, because Dijak's a killer. Like, Dijak will go in there and just absolutely splatter you. So if you don't go in there ready to fight, you're just going to get completely worked over. Jason, your thoughts on this match? Uh, I mean, Dijak doesn't have a bad match. Um, so, and Wesley was the perfect guy to bump for him because, you know, and, and I think this, as much as it was a loss for Dijak, this was also a coming out for the new character, the new Cobra, dirty cop, whatever he is, whatever he is, I love it. Um, and obviously it was a method to get him paired up again with uh, Tony D'Angelo, but I, again, I think this is as much of a coming out party for Dijak as it was Lee, um, because yeah. they both they both brought out all the good stuff. But um, <clears throat> Dijak hasn't had as many opportunities, you know. Yeah. The, the many of the same opportunities, I will say, that Wes has. Okay. And uh, just can we not miss the irony of the, the mob saving the brother from the police? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think you pointed that out on co- in, in the chat, and I thought that was pretty well done. <laughs> let's let's transition into a match that Tony kind of talked about a little bit a little bit ago. And this was one that I was really looking forward to. It was two out of three falls with Apollo Cruz and Carmelo Hayes. Now we expected a banger going into this. Carmelo, we know. Apollo, we know. We know these guys are both you know capable of delivering one hell of a match. I thought they did, but I found it real interesting that Carmelo won two to nothing. Like he completely routed Apollo Cruz in this one. And where does Apollo go from here? I mean, we saw the, you know, formerly like, I guess he's back to Babatunde now. Yeah, he's back to Babatunde. Uh, came uh, out and, and it was 
Is it oh, Dabakato or Babatunde? Dabakato, Dabakato. Dabakato, okay, because he used to go by Babatunde years ago. Now he's Dabakato again, formerly known as Commander Aziz. They had the call back to kind of him and uh, Apollo Crews from their, their SmackDown days. And then, you know, he Dabakato turns on him at the end. This is a rough night for Apollo Crews. Jason? Yeah, that was cool because that is my exact same favorite way to handle wrestling history. Yes, we know Apollo and and Dabakato have, have, you know, history. But you can't really say it out loud because you got to be like, okay, then where did where did his accent go? Where did this happen? What happened here? It's wrestling. It's comic books. You just say, yeah, they were friends a few issues ago. Okay, cool. <laughs> we're back on the same page. Yeah. Awesome. And now they're not friends anymore. That was the exact amount of love, the exact level of detail that I like, because I think uh, Vic uh, called, it was like, oh, uh, Apollo's like old friend or something. He used a phrase like that, and they, they couched it like that. Exactly. We don't have to go back into, into uh, go every single piece of history with these guys. Because also, it's comic books. You want to kind of be able to muddy the waters and metal, you know, retroactively change history, which we can, we're able to do now. So, yeah, I, the whole presentation was awesome uh, with, with uh, Baba Kato, but also I was blown away that Melo swept. And not only did he sweep, but he swept in the way that he did. Like, it was two pretty decisive wins. Yeah, it was pretty well clean as a whistle. Rob, what do you think? What were your thoughts on the match? I mean, all in all, I thought it was an excellent match. And I think, me personally, I got what I, from a match standpoint, I got what I wanted. What, what about you? Okay, I, I thought they were really cooking for a while. And then the first fall where Carmelo got the submission, I was shocked because he, he, he doesn't win by submission ever. Yeah. And I was like, oh, okay, well, that's different. <clears throat> and, okay. And then that's when it got, after that, that's when it got weird for me. Because, all right, well, here comes Dobbin Cato. He takes care of Trick. I'm like, okay, fine. He's going to help him. You know, and Apollo's going to win the second fall because of Dobbin Cato. But then Dobbin Cato distracts Apollo. Then Apollo loses the second fall. And then he comes in there in the ring and hugs him a little bit. Then he beats him up. And I'm just kind of like, what the hell's going on here? Uh, do do and- we get the feeling that Apollo Crews is going to end up being NXT's Dolph Ziggler? Um, That's a good question. And... I don't know. They need one. bad for a guy because um, they do. I don't. Tony, I don't. That's why I, I don't. brought it up. Yeah, how much, I, I think, Rob? How much do you think he makes? Problem? I, I don't know, man. Um, Enough to be the Dolph Ziggler of NXT. Oh well, sure. Yeah, I mean, yeah, and put it this way, I don't think he has any. Um, I don't think he has any plans on leaving. Um, I wouldn't uh, if he's got a hell of a good job. Yeah, um, I think yeah. it would be good because you do need somebody who is just going to be there and and look he can look they can put one of those belts on him at some point you know um but you do need somebody who is going to be there and just kind of be the kind of rock of stability i guess you could say because i mean on the men's side they they do they still do have some like guys who are quote-unquote in developmental but are actually veteran wrestlers like um gacy and um, Andre Chase, and well, even West was an impact for a while, um, you know. So, but you need you need somebody who can can just hang around 
and be that guy. Because I think, like, on the women's side, I think Wendy Chu was kind of like that because, you know, she's veteran. She was in Ring of Honor for a good while. Yeah. Um. So, you, I mean, you need people like that because, you know, the, the developmental folks are going to be, you know, they're going to be cycling in and out. You know, some are going to go up to the main roster. Some are going to, you know, unfortunately not make it at all. Um. And so that's going to kind of be just, there's going to be a churn there as far as the people who are purely developmental wrestlers. So, you, yeah, you, I mean, you need a few people to be able to be just kind of <clears throat> stable. Um, and if I were him, if they offered that to him, I would take it because, I mean, he kind of topped out on the main roster. He was U.S. champion. He was Intercontinental champion. He's not going to win the world title. I mean, you know. Yeah. But, uh, so if I were him, I, I would take it. And then, Shoot, man, you get to don't have to travel as much. I mean, because yeah. I mean, if you're him, do you really want to be going out to Poughkeepsie to get beat by, you know, Happy Corbin? No. Okay. Nope. <laughs> <laughs> no. Instead, <laughs> work in the same town you live in. You know. Right. Drive down the street to work every day. You know, that go back to see some of your old pals. You know, because he's he's an NXT alum. Yeah. yeah. Like, yeah, there's a million reasons to do it. Yeah. So, I mean, if I were him. I would absolutely take that if they offered it. Okay. Also, what's what's the best of, you know, they come and ask you to do it, and it's not, you know, a you know a do-nothing job. What's the best ability? Availability. Availability. And you say, yes, sir, no, sir, when can I start, sir? And then a few years later, they say, hey, he was a good doobie. Let's give him this. There's a pocket of fans who, who think that that type of job is an insult. Like that, that, that gatekeeper for the roster, like a Dolph Ziggler or somebody like that. Tony, what are your thoughts on that type of role? Because me, I'm, I'm always of the, the opinion, if they're going to pay you, do the job they're paying you to do. And if they're paying you well enough, do that job well. What are your thoughts on that type of role? Cesaro, oh, tell that to Bret Hart. Cesaro kind of fell into that role with WWE. And now what is he doing? The same thing. Yep. Oh, but Tony, Tony, he's a world champion now. He's a world champion. Is he still a world champion? I don't even know. Is he still? Is he still a Ring of Honor world champion? Uh, well, goddamn, when was that belt last on TV? Um, it, it, good question. Uh, yeah, but exactly. yeah, no, Tony. Seriously, your your thoughts on that type of role? You never know when your time can come. I mean, that's that's short and sweet and to it. It depends on where you want to be. I mean, if if you love being in WWE and your goal is to be prominent in that story then go ahead if your goal is to be a world champion in another company then then you go there and make less money yeah and i i think i agree with you i'm always the the opinion it's always better to get paid than i not i'm not putting down either though i'm not putting down either i'm just saying that's the those are the choices yeah you can either do the job they ask you to do or you can go elsewhere and do something else probably like you said for less money um, I think that's an important role, and I think people often downplay the role of like a journeyman in in, in any wrestling company. Yeah, you know, not just WWE, but we need people like that because not everybody. And you know, I think the world of Apollo Cruz is a worker. I have since the first day I laid eyes on him. I think this is a guy. He's a good looking guy. He looks like a million bucks. He works like crazy. Um, he struggled to find any type of personality beyond, ah, shucks, happy to be here guy. And he had that brief run as the uh, Nigerian prince, which I thought was incredible. I thought it was a great bit of character work on his part. Um, 
But beyond that, I, I feel like they hit a ceiling with that. And now he's back into that journeyman role, which is a good place to be. And if you can reconcile, hey, I peaked and here's where I and now I've settled. If you can reconcile that, and if you're okay with it, you can make a fine living within WWE with that role. And you can, you know, they'll, they've shown that they hold on to that, those guys. Like how many people now work in the back training and whatnot who obviously were never world champions or anything like that? So Bobby yeah, Roode could, will have a job for life whenever he gets healthy. Yeah. I mean, oh, and oh my gosh, why are all his other names escaping? Albert's the only name that comes to mind. Matt Bloom. Yeah, he's Matt been Matt Bloom. Yeah. Yeah. You know, obviously another one. Yeah. That's yeah. a gig forever. Yeah. Uh, Norman Norman so. Smiley, you know, he, you know, he was a WCW guy in the United States, but still, I mean, so. Norman, Norman's been there forever. Yep. Um, Apollo will. Yeah, I'm sure. Look, look, Apollo will have a job as a trainer or whatever. I'm sure probably when he's done. Quite frankly, look, Apollo Cruz is a hell of a learning tree to sit under. And it's it's not quite the same, obviously, because this guy's been around longer and he's had some higher peaks. But look at the last, like, let's say three or four years of Dolph Ziggler. Like yeah. that's what that guy's been doing. He's just walking around making people look good, making tag partners look good. Making kids in NXT look good. And you know what? He's fucking phenomenal at it. Yeah. And so is Apollo Crews so far. So, like, it, it is not a job to poo-poo at. We're talking, I mean, and Dolph Ziggler's a former, you know, secondary world title holder. Yeah. All so. right. Well, we've given we've given Apollo Crews his flowers. Let's let's move on from that match. I want to get into uh, let's get into the women's uh, NXT Women's Championship match because this one ended up being uh, this one ended up being fun. Like I, for awesome. me, this match was probably the most fun on the card. Roxanne Perez champion versus Toxic Attraction, Gigi Dolan and JC Jane. We started to see some cracks in Toxic Attraction before the match. Those cracks started to develop even more during the match. And uh, I, I, by the end of this, they took us on such a ride. They, they really did. And the story here was about Toxic Attraction's impending implosion. But Roxanne Perez looked absolutely phenomenal here. Uh, Rob, what did you think of the match? Uh, well, this is when that time came for me, fellas. Uh-oh. <laughs> um, uh, and that's I, not an insult wow. to the women. Oh, so, wait, didn't I... Don't you have an accusation at your feet last week of not not liking women's wrestling or not caring about? Now you got now you got this. Somehow, you fell asleep during the women's match. Somehow like, the fell title during the tag team match too. Somehow the title of last week's show was Rob put down the shovel. I don't know how it happened. Tony's <laughs> <laughs> hey, Tony's about to go put on the hot dog suit now, right? Yeah. Got to find the guy who did this. Um, no, I made it through the, the women's tag team title matches before this one, and I made it through that, okay? And I, and but that was too much women's wrestling for you. That's what oh, oh, oh my I'm god, well, y'all gonna make me sound like Cornette now? Uh, <laughs> hey, two girls matches in a row, that's too many, <laughs> okay? No, now okay. I didn't fall off that scaffolding back in the late 70s for nothing, damn. Come on now, motherfucker. <laughs> 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 nice. 
That's disturbingly good corny impression. Was that the early 80s? I don't know, but he fell off the scaffolding. We remember. Yeah, it was. was We've talked about that match on this podcast. Yeah. Didn't we watch? Is that one of the scaffolding matches we watched? That was when I told you you to go watch. Yeah, we told you to go watch it. And you couldn't believe what you were watching when you. No, no, the one, the one I finally can put together doing a watch along. We're going to watch Hogan versus Vader in the strap match. Because that is probably the worst strap match in the history of strap matches. Why do you want to watch Jason, I forbid you from watching it until we can do it live on the show because I want your reaction. Uh, you have mentioned it before, and I will, I promise I have not watched that match. Okay, good. <laughs> but, um, yeah, I'm sorry, guys, because, look, I got through the women's tag team title match, and I saw, I remember watching Roxanne come to the ring, and um, that's about it. I remember the nice little thing during the, the opening, you know, introduction of the show where she and Toxic Attraction were both introduced. Um, and that's about all I got. Um, so um, wh- whatever you guys take on this match is, I will gladly co-sign it. Yeah. Uh, Jason, what'd you think, bud? Well, as someone who loves and appreciates women's wrestling, I thought <laughs> it was really, really good. I thought I enjoyed Honestly, the one of the best parts was uh, uh, Toxic Attraction coming out together was a nice touch, even though you knew it was going to implode. And that was the story. DJ, you are right. That was kind of the story that we were all waiting for the implosion. But I still didn't know how it was going to end. Like, I'm still looking forward to, like, there's a story you tell all three ways this could go. And, yeah, the, the smart money probably was on Roxanne. But, yeah, I could see a situation where, you know, JC wins it and GG chases her or GG wins it and JC chases her. So they really kept that, that pins and needles kind of thing that I talk about in wrestling all the time. They kept it going, and they they kept me guessing until the end. And then, yes, you know, because they were too busy dealing with each other, Roxanne was able to walk away. Um, but yeah, it was, the match was excellent, and I think they played it perfectly because of the, like you said, the story was this, but the question was something different. All right, yeah, all in all, thought it was a really good match. Roxanne Perez retains against Toxic Attraction. Uh, before we get into, you know, the, the implosion of Toxic Attraction, Tony, we, we know where that was headed. Um, do you think it was accelerating? Ding, ding dong, with, hello. Ding dong, hello. We're going to talk about that I a love, little bit later. I love do you Bailey. think, and, and maybe this is a stupid question to ask because it's pretty obvious, do you think this got rushed along because Mandy Rose is gone? Or do you think this was going to happen before WrestleMania either way? Because this couldn't last forever, this ride with Toxic Attraction. They had to either jettison – let's pretend Mandy Rose stayed on board. They were either going to jettison them to the main roster or they were going to split them up anyway. What do you think? That's a that's tough to, to know, you know – do you think they were going to bring them up as a group to the main roster? Yeah, probably. Um, I think it's funny. It's going to give these two girls a better opportunity to show themselves. <laughs> I agree. And I'm looking the, forward to that. The, it was the, I mean, did it not remind anybody else of the new age? Unless I wasn't listening before. I'm sorry. I have a whole shit ton going on here in front of me. And I do yeah, apologize. No, 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 no worries. Uh, but if someone already said it, then I apologize. But it did. It felt to me when I was watching it, um, like the 
the new age women's version of Marty and Sean. It did. It did. Yep. It, yeah. Cause there was, um, I remember I, I'd have to call back to the match. It was a tag match and Sean had a knee injury and Marty carried the match. It was, I forget who they were tagged against, but yeah, very, very, very reminiscent of that. We're going to get into that a little bit later. Uh, Rob seems to have disappeared on us. We are going to go into uh, the NXT no, guys, uh, wardrobe change, fellas. I didn't oh. think oh, I didn't think y'all wanted to see that. Okay. Uh. <laughs> okay. Look, I, look, I'm not doing the OnlyFans here. Okay. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Exclusive a, content, pals. Pulling a Chris, <laughs> pulling a Chris Platt and walking around podcasting with no pants on. Yeah, that's, <laughs> that's on that's on the paid YouTube to YouTube channel. That's funny. It's a premium tier, right? Oh yeah, twelve ninety nine a month. Premium tier. Shoot bear in the wild. <laughs> All right, let's move on since we're talking women's wrestling, and Rob loves that. We're going to talk the NXT <laughs> Women's Tag Team Championship. <laughs> Sorry, buddy. That's going to be part of your intro oh, now. I know. This I, know, was... I, know, I, know. I, brought, I brought it on myself. I know. I know. Jeez. <laughs> Champions Caden Carter and Katana Chance versus Fallon Henley and Kiana James, who have been kind of an unlikely pairing over the last few weeks on NXT TV. Uh, in again, just another spectacle as to and 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 again, this women's this women's match was a testament to the to the performance center. Uh, all of these girls are you know just still developing, still in developmental, still doing their thing. And I thought they all looked incredible. Like, I've been big on Fallon Henley for a little while now. And, you know, Cadence and Katana looked as incredible as they always do. Those two girls are in sync. They've got a good thing going. They're, they feel like an actual tag team. Like, when I look at these girls, I think of the old school tag teams. You know, not only on the men's, but the women's side, the Jumping Bomb Angels and things like that. The, the, the synchronicity between the two of them is just incredible. And it's such a good callback to some old school tag team wrestling. Yeah, since I was awake for this one, I can talk about this. Okay, well then, why don't you go ahead? Because you know, I, you know, I, I just, you know, I love women's wrestling so much. Um, Jeez. <laughs> uh, God. I enjoyed this match, and you know, I, I like Caden and Katana. They, like you said, they're an excellent team. They've been, and they're like real life best buddies because yeah, we remember from all the, the the COVID parties they were having. Oh yeah. Uh, <laughs> but um, you know that's another thing. But but um, <laughs> no. But they, they they work really together like a real tag team. If there was an actual functioning women's tag team division on the main roster, I would say call them up. You know, yesterday. Um, as it is, you know, they make and they do a lot of fun stuff. They make every match fun that they're in. <laughs> And you know this match had a good story going to it, and it's almost it's like one of those. It's like one of those '80s kind of, you know, high school romantic comedy kind of things where the dude is head over heels for the girl that's no good, and then the girl that he should be with is trying to tell him, you know, <laughs> she, she's working you, pal, and yeah. you're not seeing it. Right. I mean, this was like you know every other kind of '80s high school movie it seemed, or you know, but. Still, I mean, it's it's a fun story. John Hughes booked this match, didn't he? That's right. And um, oh yeah, and the finish um was I thought the finish was excellent. Where 
kind of grab you know grabbed the feet and but didn't did it in a way where Fallon didn't see it. And then of course she and of course she has to find out later that they you know that they didn't win these things on the up and up. I thought that was a, that was an excellent finish, and it was just a fun match altogether. All right, Jason, any thoughts here? <laughs> I had a good time. Uh, I think that they. It's it was an interesting choice. You felt like you were they were going to lose the title soon because they kept harping on the longest reigning women's tag team champion. Which I mean, guys, it's just for lack of options at this point. But I mean, not to you know. Well, NXT is giving a damn about women's tag team wrestling to begin with. And also, those belts are like two years old. So like, it's not like. Oh, but they're they're the longest reigning. They're the longest reigning women's tag team champion for the company, not yeah. NXT. Okay, I don't. I can't tell you about the history of the women's tag team division before the white belts, but I'd tell you that's not exactly a deep pool to wade into. Well, no, but well, see if you were listening to the fourteen-time women's champion, she explained that during the intro, Jason. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I was too uh, taken aback by her beauty. I couldn't even hear the words. <laughs> oh Jesus, it's getting thick. So anyway, but let me, match, let me let me wade these two out of the gutter real quick. Let's go, boys. But it was really fun. You know, it was exactly what it needed to be. And I loved, like you, Rob. I loved the 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 squeaky clean little country girl and the you know the kind of cheating little corporate bitch or you know the unlikely partners and you know the girl cheats to win and it it was just. It's good stuff, man. That's why we go to the carnival. Yeah. So, so I'm not going to tell you that it was, you know, the most. I'm not going to give it a huge star rating or anything like that, but I'll tell you that I had a damn good time. All right. Tony, uh, let's talk for a minute about Caden Carter and Katana Chance. Do you think they could transition easily? You don't know. I'm just looking at your face. You have no clue. You have no answer on this as to whether or not he's throwing up the X. We've got an injury. I don't. I don't. We've got an injury. Listen, I don't. I don't. I don't pretend to know things that I don't know. So I'm not even gonna. I. I. You know. I apologize. I. I should have watched it now that I think about it. But man, um, I'll have to go back and check it out. Back the onion here, and we're gonna find out that Tony doesn't watch NXT at all. Well, you know what? No, I'm Tony. I'm before we. We're gonna get. We're gonna get you later, but. (laughs) Right now, I'm actually going to say that I appreciate that take of yours because it drives me nuts when people are just saying that all of these folks are going to be big stars on the main roster. And I'm like, this is developmental. This is college basketball or college football. There are people who set college basketball or college football on fire and then they get to the next level and and, and it doesn't happen for them. And so y'all... Not only that, they'll set college you know, records you know, that it, still yeah. stand today and so, then they'll wash out I, of the league in the first year. I just feel like, you know, way too many people on our Twitter timelines are proclaiming that all of these people, these men and women, all of these people are going to be really big stars on the main roster. And I'm just like, can y'all please stop? Okay. Four, so, four words. I come from Florida and I can say this since you bring up the college, the college reference. <laughs> Danny Warfel, Tim Tebow, absolute stars at the University of Florida. Yeah, absolute stars. One guaranteed, guaranteed Super Bowl winners during their college years. What happened? 
And I mean, I saw what happened. I saw Tim Tebow throw his last NFL touchdown in the final preseason game for the New England Patriots. And look, look, here in Washington, we had a man named Robert Griffin III. He won the Heisman Trophy. Well, he just got hurt. Uh, But but that happens. Yeah, the two guys he's talking about didn't get hurt. Didn't get hurt. They didn't have the NFL arm talent because in college you can pick on safeties and corners on college teams because they're not all professional corners and safeties. When you get to the NFL, they are. Much like call like wrestling. Yes, Robert Griffin III did not become the world champion, but he transitioned into a damn fine TV guy. Yeah, yeah, sure. He could be the Corey Graves of uh, professional. Yeah, but uh, exactly. um, But here. You know, he came here. He had that rookie year. We were like, we thought that we were set for the next ten years, and then the guy had an injury. Um, so injuries happen. Sometimes people wash out. Sometimes Probably also didn't help his team, his ankles and knees and everything that he played in what I assume was a sandbox that you guys called a field. Oh yeah, it's the worst um, field, worst field ever. But <laughs> still, um, but poor Rob. I mean. Yeah, but just we don't know what's going to happen. Um, just we don't, and I, I, I just you know whatever. But 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 people, you know, but every time, oh, they're all going to be big stars. It's like they're all going to be world champion. And I mean, we look. I mean, you know, Parker Boudreau was supposed to be, you know, Brock Lesnar, and now he's on the root beer show. Yeah, he got screwed. Now he's on he, the root beer show. He got backing he got screwed. Up he fought, with he follows me. Don't talk shit about. <laughs> Tony, what were you saying? No, I'm just making a joke about Parker Boudreaux. I was like, yeah, don't talk shit about him. He follows me. Oh, I think oh. he follows me too. Don't. No, I'm oh, kidding. Man. You can. I. It was. He's. I think. He's figuring it out. Yeah, I think he right. is. But um, but you know, um, but it happens, right? And then, so you don't know. We hope for the best. Look, we, I don't wish any ill will on any of these people. You don't know what's going to happen. So please stop saying they're all going to be big stars. Because then, because the ones that don't, then you're going to blame it on creative. Yeah. Mm. Some people just have it. Some people don't. But anyway, all right. No, I'm sorry. I'm all right. Not. All right. Moving on to the next match on the card. The NXT Tag Team Championships, the New Day Champions versus Gallus versus Pretty Deadly versus Chase University. Uh, this match, again, with all the talent involved, Absolutely hilarious. Great spots with Chase University. They, they made the hometown boy look good in Andre Chase. Thea Hall, always, always, always a, a, just a pleasant surprise at ringside. Uh, Duke Hudson, putting in the work this night, uh, taking the table bump, going out there, looking really good. Did you guys catch the uh, the, the, the pre-show uh, promo with them huddled up outside and Duke's freezing and Thea's sitting there doing her thing? It was absolutely hilarious. Um can I ask a, a question? Deadly. Can I ask you sure, guys a question? Because you guys follow it, you guys watch it, right? I follow it, like, but I'm not going to yeah. give you my opinion on a women's tag team that I haven't really seen wrestle either. You know what I'm saying? So, gotcha. but you guys follow this. Does the reason Gallus won here is because, I mean, I've seen Chase University. They're over like Rover, right? Right. Pretty, pretty yeah. deadly. They're pretty over. Do you think Gallus needed this more than anybody else? Yes. I I was yes I, I and I think that's, that's why they won. Um, I I think I don't think uh, pretty deadly is too much longer. They're going to be on the main roster. I think after I think right. after they just were tag team champions. You know they, they were, yeah. but I think those guys after WrestleMania, pretty deadly's getting called up. You know, and New Day ain't staying down in NXT forever. 
Chase U, I think, eventually gets called up to the main roster. It wouldn't surprise me if they get called up after WrestleMania as well. Gallus, of these four teams, Gallus is the one I know the least about because I just didn't follow NXT UK. I was also the least interested in these four. But now that they're champs, I want to see what they do with it. So at least now, to Tunney's point, yeah, they needed this because they needed something for me to watch because prior to Saturday night, I didn't give a crap about Gallus because I didn't even know who they were. Yeah, that's about where I was at. I watched them more in NXT UK, but still I'm just like, eh. You know, I don't have a reason to care about them. Well, now I do. So, because yeah, I, I have reasons to care about everybody already and everybody who's in that match. And I still have those reasons walking out of that match. So, yeah, I think you hit the nail on the head, Tony. And um, I'd say they were the right choice because, you know, we know New Day is going to go back up, you know, sooner or whatever. Um, who? I, think pretty, I never yeah, heard of that NXT team. Um, <laughs> you know, pretty, the New Day? New day. Yeah. Um, pretty deadly. Yeah, I think they're going up soon. Um, Chase, you, I'm out. Like, I really enjoy those guys. And I just, but they feel to me like, they feel to me like one of those things that's going to be like super over it, it in the PC. But then when they get up the main rosters, just not gonna be the same well let me ask you this because somebody pointed this i may have been jay in our group chat pair pair chase you up with alpha academy like this seems like a a match because people pay attention to the alpha academy listen that's a great that's a great idea for the summer right like yeah you kind of like don't want to introduce a new new uh uh faction right now but holy shit that that's a Sorry, oh, I just, do this, that, you that's, that's just all I have to add. I'm just like, that sounds great. <laughs> because we get the post- summer school, like, rivalry type deal. But the, the, only thing, the only thing is, Othea is, like, 18 years old. She's a baby. Jesus. Yeah. I didn't even realize she was that young until one of y'all said something. Yeah. Yeah, dude, they got her, like, literally out of high school. It's crazy. Yeah. Was so she I, one of those uh, NIL? I'm not sure. I I don't think so, because what college did she go to? Like, well, I don't think she has an indie background. Somebody please correct me if I'm wrong. I'm, I'm, but... look, I'm, I'm looking up now. Um, okay. And no, she doesn't. No. Um, uh, while mean, Rob looks that up, she, okay, she went, yeah, she's what, great. She went straight from high school to the performance center. So Jesus, wow. Okay. Well, I got to tell you, she, <laughs> she she's knocking this, this, this character right out of the park. I between just what I've seen with them at the NXT house shows I've been to and her character work and, and Andre chase getting the stomp over and just little things he does in the ring. I'm sold on them. I think it would be great. Like Tony said, for the summer doldrums, if they brought up chase, you paired them up with alpha Academy. I think that's a good match. Um, Chad Gable's got the crowd eating out of the palm of his hands. I think he's a great vehicle to introduce chase you to the main roster. I don't hate that idea at all. They could do like some sort of college rivalry type deal. Yeah. Yeah. I think that'd be fun. All right. So let's get into the main event here. Uh, Braun Breaker NXT champion versus Grayson Waller, the challenger in a cage match. Um, There's been some great storytelling going into this. Grayson Waller is such an asshole of a heel. Like (laughs) Ray Cash was on here a week or so ago and, and, and used the word fearless. Absolutely the best way to describe Grayson Waller. The guy does not care. He'll do whatever it takes to get over, 
to piss people off, to make you hate him. I told the story about how my girlfriend and him, he has she has legit heat with Grayson Waller, which means he's doing his job. Um, <clears throat> this this match was fine. Um, I, we're going to have a discussion here in a minute about, about Braun Breaker. Um, I thought it was a fine cage match. I didn't think this match was the star of the show. I have to be honest. Uh, it was missing a few beats for me. And I, I, I'm going to leave that hanging in the air. Jason, what did you think? I thought it was very good. I, I didn't think it was as great technically as I thought it was going to be, even though Braun is still kind of green-ish, and I guess so is – no, Grayson's been wrestling for a while. Anyway, in any case, it was just kind of – it was there. There were some really high spots. The spear and the ropes was awesome. Um, and then uh, – oh, um, Grayson with the chainmail hood was – just, mwah. he's just a punchable little pipsqueak, and we love him. Yeah. So, um, and the result went the way I feel like it was kind of supposed to go. I don't think Breaker's ready to go yet. I think, um, well, there's a conversation to be had about Braun Breaker, and I say that, and I don't mean, like, we have to have a come to Jesus or anything like that. But I, there's definitely a conversation to be had. And he, his performance plays into the whole my whole thing of they've hit the perfect stride in terms of having people who are excellent and just like skilled, as skilled as black and gold, and they still have their diamond, their rough diamonds that they're smoothing over. Uh, okay. And I think Braun is one of those. Right. All right, Rob, did this match hit for you? Um. I did not return from nap time until after this was over. Um, just, just so he hates men's wrestling too. He hates cage matches. Uh, yes, I hate cage matches and I hate <laughs> wrestling. And I, I, I hate everything, okay? Get off my lawn. Tony, the, the name of this episode is Rob Hates Everything. Yes. Except for taking naps. Right. Yeah, he loves naps. Bob, your goal yes. next week is to make it three weeks in a row with your name in the title. Rob's <laughs> <laughs> um, on an undefeated streak. Yeah. So, right. so I saw I saw Braun sitting on top of the cage, and I saw Trick and Mellow come out, and um, so I figured, well, it must have been fine. Okay. <laughs> and then then I saw <clears throat> saw you guys commenting about it, and and we had that, that conversation in our group chat. And so that's what I'm really here for when it comes to this match to talk about Braun. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I kind of previewed it. Let's 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 transition into that because I started that conversation off. That's my fault. Um, I guys, we've talked about Braun Breaker on this show before, and I like the guy. The guy has tremendous upside. He looks like a million bucks. There are certain things in there he gets, and I understand he is at most 18 months to two years developmental. Um, and, and in the business, they say you're green for two years, at least. Uh, he still seems very green in there. I, my personal take, and I don't know who else they could have put the NXT World Championship on during this time period. I think they pulled the trigger on Braun too fast. Um, I don't think he's, I'm not ready to, I'll table that. I think they pulled the trigger too fast on an on a NXT world champion, you know, run. Um, he's fun. 
he's energetic. I've seen him live. He's incredible live, but there's just something missing. And, and you know, and somebody in our chat said, you know, try to remind me what, what's missing. He's developmental. There are people in his class who are leaps and bounds better at all the other stuff than he is. And <clears throat> I feel like they're trying now too hard to remind everyone that he's a Steiner kid. Because, like, at first it was like, well, why won't they acknowledge he's a Steiner kid? Why won't they acknowledge who he is? Well, now they've acknowledged it. Now I think they're leaning too far into it. And he's not progressing as his own person. And somebody, Tony, let's start with you. And I know I keep putting you on the spot here. What are your thoughts on Broadbreaker? I mean, am I off the mark here? Am I being too harsh on the guy? No. He's okay. Doing, he's doing his uncle's shit. Okay. I, you could have you could you could have brought him up sooner, and it would have been fresh again. But I think they want him to find a little bit more of himself, like you said. I. I'm a fan. I I like I I think he can work in the ring. I think he can tell a story with moves in the ring. I think he's I think he's inherited that. Um, whether he needs to find someone, whether he needs to lose this title, stay in NXT, find someone to come up and be a tag team with to get over on the main roster, I don't know. But I don't think they would do him any justice losing at Stand and Deliver and bringing him up to the main roster. I unless they got a specific plan for him. Because yeah. on his own, it's 50-50. I mean, I could be totally wrong. They could have plans for him. It could be 100. But that's that's just what I feel about it right now as far as he goes. Uh, future world champion in WWE, I'd say it's, it's a little better than 50-50 still, though. And that's better than anybody else you got down there. But I still yeah. think I still think that Grayson Waller is a guy that's going to come up and he's going to be the one to make an impact sooner than later. Okay, I've got a thought that I'm going to put a pin in, and I'm going to wrap around the room, get everybody's thoughts. Uh, Jason, what what are your thoughts on Braun Breaker? So when he first hit the scene and he was, you know, like we like to talk about DJ, he had maybe, you know, 30 matches under his belt. Yeah. Um, we were all, well, not we, but the collective we of the IWC was, you know, booking, oh, well, when's he going to go up to the roster? This is probably the guy in a year or two who's going to beat Roman. Well, let's pump the brakes on all that. Let's pump the brakes on all that. And again, as I like to say, I'm not throwing any babies out with any bathwater. However, Tunney hit the, hit the nail on, his head, on the head. He has gone way too far into, he like, they should have just let him change his name to Braun Steiner and then like let him do his own thing. This all this stuff that where we can't actually say the Steiner name, but we're going to continually remind you, remind you, remind you to the point of even having, you know, um, his dad show up. It's just, uh, I don't know. It's, it's, it's floundering for me there. It it seems like they're losing traction with him and they're just, they don't quite know what to do. And then they're leaning into this, which is a mistake. Cause at the very, very beginning of this whole run, we have all said like, I don't think any of us here booked him to wit beat Roman, but even still in that first couple of months of his run, all three of us couldn't help but be impressed, you know, with, with the things he did and how he did it. Um, but yeah, I think it's, okay to admit that this guy might need a couple more years of cooking and that might mean staying down in NXT for a little while. That's okay. 
Um, He'll be plenty fine. I would much rather you take care of this young kid and make sure that he gets all the TLC that he needs so that, yeah, he can't when he does go to the main roster. He's ready to sit in the ring with like you can't put that man in the ring with at a promo segment with Roman Reigns right now. No. Like forget well, it. And, and we should obviously that's that. a lofty goal, but I'm I'm trying to paint the picture that like us collectively got way too far ahead of ourselves in terms of him and he was he did have a meteoric rise for a little while, but that curve has started to come down. His curve, that curve of his growth. So I think it's time to now temper our expectations and say, yeah, this might be a longer term project than we thought, which is totally okay because he's a human being. All right. Rob, your thoughts. Okay. He's, so, hold on. Hold on. He's not a human being. He's a Steiner. Okay. Oh, he's a genetic freak. But uh, okay. So let me just uh, compare him. All right. The. You look at the, the people who, in, previously, who they got off the street, who did not work indies or whatever before they came there. Okay, the the four, yeah, four best people who they got did off the street. They went through that developmental in any kind of way. And I'm talking more recently. I'm not going back to OVW with Batista or whatever. All right. Um, okay, Roman, Charlotte, Bianca, and Big E. Okay, um, <laughs> Big E was in developmental for three years. Three years. Charlotte was in developmental for three years. Bianca was in developmental for three years. Uh, Roman was in FCW. I don't know exactly how long he was, his total time in development was, but Roman was in FCW, so he wasn't there five minutes. Okay, yeah, he, was there, he was there some lengthy amount of time also. Um, it doesn't count for Samoans, though. Oh yeah, but they're so, born knowing how to work. But still, yeah, I, that's I mean, a... uh, but still, I mean, so the four of those people, those are the four best people they got off the street to ever come through NXT. Um, all were there for three years, three years. Okay. Mm-hmm. Um, Braun started in like. I think October or November of 2021. Bronze, that means he's been there about 14 months. Um, they have the same aspirations for him that they had for Roman Reigns and Charlotte and Bianca Belair. They're not, they don't want him to be the U.S. champion, right? Their aspirations for him to potentially be the top guy in the company. So you have to handle his developmental part right. You cannot send him up too early. Uh, you got to wait until it's the right time. And look, even and even if he could match those guys on the mic or whatever right now, there ain't no room for him. No, mm-hmm. God, no. Okay. Especially a performer that his character would. You're not just sending up a guy. You're sending up a world champion, theoretically. Yeah, right. So that not- is a whole amount of time that you have to. That's a couple like that's a half hour each week you have to carve out of your shows. Right, yeah. so you're not sending him up there to feud with Happy Corbin, okay? Right. Okay, you want him, that's the guy you want main eventing at WrestleMania at some point. 
So, I got news for you. None of you wants to hear it, but when Braun Breaker finally does go to the main roster, his first two feuds are Dolph Ziggler and Happy Corbin. Oh, I mean, oh, and you guys don't want to hear that, but... Oh, 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 oh. hey, this is, <laughs> but, but, this okay. is Miserature. This is Miserature, and I will not stand for it. Miz is an excellent first opponent. Right, but um, but I mean, you know what I mean. But So you have to get his developmental part. Yeah. He, so, no, he, he needs more experience. He has by just look, look on cage match. He has sixty three total matches. Um, he needs more experience. He needs just uh, period. He does okay, and I think yeah, I think they did jump the gun too early on putting the title on him because I think they listened to the people on Twitter who because remember people remember on people in our talent after one match they were saying well put the belt on him. And they were well, yeah, there were people that had him jettisoned to the main roster by February of last year. I'm like, are you kidding me? The guys wrestled a single digit number of matches here. I don't think so, they're wrong to have the belt on him, though. I, I don't think that that's wrong. He's been very much something that people have tuned in for. Yeah, well, I think okay, I think it's fine for him to be champion today. I think maybe they did it a little too early when they when they did it, but I think he's. And, and here's and here's how I'll put it, Rob. I think it's been too long. So whether it was too early or too late, like I feel like we got to cut something out here and let him kind of just do his own thing for three months. What whatever end you want to do it on. Well, I think. The but problem, yeah, I just think it's just gone on too long at this point. I think the problem is they already did the thing with him losing the belt and getting it back. So now exactly. So he's just got to. He's just got to keep it until. I mean, but. He's going to um, lose at Stand and Deliver, and he's going to come up after Mania. That's just what's going to oh, happen. That's probably it, the most likely scenario. And I, I hope oh, – good God, that, that's a mistake. They should, Mello, Mello should lose, and Trick and Mello should come up because they're ready. Um, he's not. and he, But I'm. it's a mistake if they do it. It's a mistake. It is. Yeah. Not, they, I, the only thing that I'll say right now, and I think somebody said it earlier a minute ago, I don't know who is – if not Braun in NXT, who? Right, I was thinking the same thing. I didn't say it. One of I think I think Jason who? said it. I mean, oh, you okay. could argue Carmelo, oh, okay. but like to Rob's point, Carmelo's oh, Rob main roster ready yesterday. Yeah. And, so uh, do you do you give him an obligatory NXT Heavyweight Championship run just because he's Carmelo and we yes. know how damn good he is? Uh, yes. I mean, do you do that? Yes, you do. You do because then that cuts into the my like. Okay, how long has this run been? Run been? He won it at last year's WrestleMania. So we're coming up on 10, uh, 10 months at this point. So, so like, okay, you carve out some, like, two months somewhere where he's not he's not uh, the champion and, Car- and Carmelo is. All right, my thing about that is, though, okay. Um, well, Carmelo. Because that frees him up to do other stuff and not be the champion. Yeah, but, I mean, I, well, honestly, I think just they're kind of stuck. And I, I just Braun is I not going to be in NXT without the World Heavyweight, without the NXT Championship. No, yeah, he, that, look, just, he, he, that he, just would look bad. As much as he might keeping, need yeah. it, what is he going to do? Who's he? Who's there for him that makes any sense to not be in the title picture? He's not going right, for the North. So, he's not going for the the tertiary title. No, he's not. He's going to keep the belt until it's time for him to come up. Um, and I think, and and now I'm going to reference something that, that Jim Cornette said. Okay. <laughs> And but he was referring to OVW and he was comparing it to NXT and base and this is something that Maddie brought up actually in our chat that when those guys were in OVW they were on public access television so they weren't you know not that many people were seeing them every week 
Yeah. So there was, and now these guys are on national TV. Every, you know, half a million people at, at least every week are watching, and we're watching. And so we, you know, we're kind of done with seeing him on TV every week. Regardless of what's best for him, you know, I mean, a lot. Some of us are done seeing him on that show every week. So, yeah. So, so we feel like, well, they need to move him up because, and the real reason we feel they need to move him up is because we're tired of seeing him there. And yeah, that's I, fair. I argue with that. and, that's and, very fair. And that, you know, we're tired of seeing him there. He needs to stay there. And like I said, he needs to stay there another year. But we've seen enough of him there. Um, and so now we're judging him on this kind of timetable, like, well, why isn't he progressing further? This, this, and this, because we've seen enough of him there. We don't want to see him there anymore, but he's not ready to go up. So now we're kind of doing this. Well, why is it? Well, he needs to do this. He needs to do that. And no, he just needs to stay there. Okay. I mean, if he, you know, he just needs to stay there. I don't yeah. even necessarily, I don't think that there's some thing he needs to do with, you know, urgency right now to get better or whatever. I think he just needs to stay there and keep working. But, well, and I think that's just what it is. And, you know, and I feel like, I feel like T-Pain right now. Just do something else. Yeah. Well, Holy just, shit. Like, just do something else. Well, I'm just kind of getting bored of this, this well, like, and, and, uh, yeah. And, and that's, you know, what, and that just kind of is what it is. I know, but, um, if I'm them, you know what? Look, they get half a million people every week watching. It doesn't fluctuate that much. They're not going to drop to three hundred thousand people if they keep them there another year. They're not. not gonna, they're not going to lose audience by keeping them there. That's not going to no. happen. So, I mean, it, they're not. So they're not losing anything by keeping them there. It's just we're yeah. going to complain. Yeah, fine. But they're not going to. You know, they're not. They're not going to lose half their audience because he's still there. So nah. because everything else on the show is so damn good, and then it's not like even as we're bitching, like it's not like he is terrible or unwatchable. No, he's or he's like fantastic. I just feel like so, yeah. we've reached a plateau with what they can do with him for now. I feel like they know so up me, what they're doing with him. Let me be clear. Exactly. Let me be clear. I like Braun Breaker. I like Braun Breaker a lot. I want to see Braun Breaker do other shit. And that's, that's it. And that's I, I don't, don't want him off my TV or anything like that. I just want to see something else, man. So yeah. other than carry around the belt and bark, like, and, okay, you, we, you, you've smashed everything you could smash in your entrance video, like, walk out. You smashed the big X. You smashed the big picture of what's-his-name. It Okay. Do something else. Be funny for a while. Go after the North American Championship. Mess around, mess around in the mid-card. I don't know. Whatever. Because once that guy gets to the top in five, six years, whatever. Once that guy gets to the top of WWE, they don't. you don't go visit that part, that lower part very often. So we're going to have – this is the only shot we're going to get to get him in, like, really funny and weird and stupid stuff. Ba- barring a few treats once he's a uh, big time star. Yeah, All I, right. I just, yeah, just look. I mean, uh, that's hard to say that though, because look at what made Sami Zayn so popular is being that off the wall kind of character. The other thing is, is yeah, he's going to dabble in the mid card when he comes up because that's the way it works, but they can't leave him down in NXT. 
now that we sit here and think about it. There's no way. You do him such a disservice to all, everything you've built up with his title runs and what he's meant to that show, whether we like it or not. Sean believes in him, and, you know, they got to have a plan for him that way. He, he can't be in the NXT mid-card after losing the world title. It'd be like saying, you know, congratulations, you climb Mount Everest. Next week you're going to, you know, the hill behind St. John's Lutheran over there. Yeah, I mean, Adam Cole made a career out of it, so I don't know. I think he did fine. Adam Cole likes video games. Adam Cole would have been one of the greatest wrestlers ever if he was six foot five, because Vince would have put him over like fucking Rover. Yep, that's that's not. Let's move on from Braun Breaker. I don't think there's too much more we can add to that conversation, and we've probably got enough heat as it is. Um, Yeah, bring it. We want as we. Real quick, before we go into the next uh, segment, I want to invite all of you to go to ProWrestlingTees.com forward slash the chair shot. Check out all the merchandise we've got there. We've got official chair shot radio network t-shirts. All the podcasts that are on there can be found at ProWrestlingTees forward slash chair shot. You've listened to us in your ears. Now wear us on your body. That's right. The Mindless Wrestling Podcast has their own t-shirt there now. Go check it out. Pick that up. We'll thank you for it, and you'll thank yourself for buying it. Remember, Valentine's Day is next week. Pick something up for your loved one. Pick something up for yourself. As we said earlier, we are on the road to WrestleMania. The first stop on the road to WrestleMania is Elimination Chamber. And Monday Night Raw, we started to really kick some stuff into high gear. Uh, I watched Raw last night, man. I thought it was incredible. There were some great takeaways from this. I, I'm going to start with the Bobby Lashley-Brock uh, Lesnar segment. Because for me, and I, I think I said this in the chat to Rob and Jason, you had two of the guys who historically are not the best talkers in WWE, and I thought they pulled off an absolutely hilarious segment. Like, I thought Brock is so charismatic in his awkwardness. Like, he goes out there and he's trying to joke with the crowd and he's trying to he's trying to be different and he's really bless his heart. He's trying to like this cowboy Brock thing has been amazing, but you can tell he's stepping way out of his comfort zone with some of this stuff. And Monday night, I thought he hit it out of the park. Am I wrong in that assessment? Tony, you got to look on your face. I, if they want to jump in first, go ahead. I, I No, you go, go. You got it. I definitely watch bra. bra. (laughs) Go ahead. Okay. All right. Well, bro, I the Cowboy Brock thing is just hilarious, and I I don't see it slowing down. And again, I hope it doesn't. Yeah, I, I hope it doesn't. I hope this is what he does until he retires. Because like this is his so American good. badass. Like when you think exactly. of what the Undertaker was, and then he became the American badass. This is Brock's American badass run, and I'm here for it because it's so different than the MMA fighter Brock. I know it's a sacred cow, so people are weird about it, but the American Badass was the closest that we ever got to seeing Mark Calloway in the ring. Right. Brock Lesnar, Cowboy Brock, is the closest that we're going to get to seeing Sable's husband in the ring. You know? Like, that. that's... That, it's very, very cool. But, there uh, were so many little... new, and, and, and I've told you guys before, I'm a fan of nuance on wrestling shows. One of the things that I... I Bobby Lashley is not always a great talker, but he did some great things in this promo where Brock's got the official million-dollar, multi-million-dollar contract for the match at uh, at Elimination Chamber. Lashley looks at it. He's like, 
we're going to do this my way. I'm going to have my lawyer look at it. I'm going to have my manager look at it. And then he paused and he looked around and he gave you that hint that maybe the Hurt Business is going to get the band back together. And yeah. he let the crowd kind of digest that moment for a minute. And then he went back into his promo. I, I was such a fan of that little nuance. Yeah, but I mean, Bobby, unfortunately, has wrestler talk. He talks like he's reading out of a phone book. Yeah. But all the other nuances he did that were those were so good. And I feel like this this it's just crazy to me that Brock Lesnar is now involved in what could be like kind of a mid card, you know, thing. Because like the hurt business getting put back together unless they immediately shoot shoot across the hall and go to knock on the bloodlines door what are they going to be doing um so i'm just it's very cool to see both brock lesnar the character and brock lesnar the person doing things that i didn't really picture brock lesnar doing all right rob are you excited for uh lesnar lashley three? Oh, look i'm excited for lesnar lashley 20 okay yes <laughs> okay. okay um look i can watch them fight you know, all the time. Um, and look, I think the Cowboy Brock thing, I think it was to a degree was born out of necessity because the old menacing MMA fighter Brock gimmick just didn't quite fly the same, you know, against tribal chief Roman Reigns as it did against babyface Roman Reigns. Yeah. And so um, he needed to do something to, to you know, to, be some type of contrast and so they came up with this and i think this is a close to this is as close to him you know as we're gonna get and you know i guess they just decided to lean into it and go all the way with it and and he is again when it comes to talking he is awkward because i saw some people say well why didn't they let him talk before because he's awkward as hell Okay. Yeah, he is. Like he's not, he's not, he's still not a great talker. It's just that this, in this particular way of doing things, like his awkwardness and all of that, and kind of just you know goofiness and being as being country as a hell, like it, it works. Yeah, it, it works doing it this. Does. Um, right. Tony, just, or, you know, I'm sorry, sorry, Rob, finish your thought. The same way, I mean, and you know, with with you know Dominic, right? What he's doing works, right? That doesn't mean that you can just let him go do all kinds of different things or whatever. Like, this thing he's doing right now is working perfectly. And that's the thing with Brock, with him talking and all that. Um, the way he, you know, his, the way he's doing these promos and all this cowboy Brock stuff, this works perfectly for him. That doesn't mean you can have him out there monologuing every week, you know, like, you know, Cody or whatever. Right? Yeah. We're going to get to Cody in a minute. Tony, I want to get your thoughts. Are you roped into Lesnar Lashley 3? Why wouldn't you be? They're two of These the guys. Best, they're two of the best big men ever. They're two of the best body guys ever. They're two of the best storytellers in the ring as a match goes. In addition, they are two guys at the top. They're both at the top of the list with the likes of a Kurt Angle and an Andre the Giant and a Ken Shamrock where just by walking out to the WWE ring, they bring a sense of legitimacy to what's happening in there and the story being told physically. On top of that, Brock Lesnar is so underappreciated, it's unbelievable. Brock Lesnar is the most 
underrated talent in probably professional wrestling history because you don't necessarily think of him in that way. He's told some of the greatest stories. He's accomplished some of the best things. He's put some of the best people over in the best positions they could be in. I think he's finally get to play himself. This is who he is. This is the life he made for himself moving up to Canada and where he is on his farm and what he does and what he cultivates and the business he has outside of the WWE. This guy's a businessman. This is a smart human being. He's playing a character and he's loving every second of it. And ever since you've seen Boombox Brock, we've just gotten different pieces of Brock Lesnar here and there. And man, it's just, I said it, I would love to see an MMA match between these two guys. You want to talk about ratings and you can charge for shit. You know, imagine they go ahead and this is a blow off and they have the match at Mania or whatever, or some storyline and they go, well, in a year at Mania 40, we're going to have an MMA match sanctioned. Brock Lesnar, Bobby Lashley, last MMA match ever. Tell me you wouldn't buy that, and I'll tell you, you can't because it's probably never going to right. happen. Hang on, <laughs> and uh, I will. Where is that WrestleMania? Philly. Oh yeah, they'll do it. I'll, Philly, up, right? I'll up the ante. I'll up the ante, and I'll call them Philly Athletics. I will give them a year. I will give Bobby and Brock a year and say, go figure it out. And I'll be like, this is a legit match. Whoever wins, wins. To have a shoot fight in the middle of the middle of the show. <clears throat> uh, that's that's some heavy egos on the line right there, brother. Hey man, I I would. That's a WrestleMania that I would like fight to go to. Yeah, it's legit. If you could tell me that there was going to be an actual <laughs> shoot fight between Brock Lesnar and Bob Lashley, yes, I'm 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 on the. I'm, yeah. I mean, I'm already going to that mania, but I would be. Uh, we're on we're working way. on it. Tina and I are talking about going to going to that mania. So, yeah, we're so, all going, Tony. So you better figure it out. Let's oh, talk man. really good storytelling. Cody Rhodes and Paul Heyman, my God, on Monday. Holy crap. Right now, because of the discussion from the Royal Rumble forward was, what are they going to do with Cody now that Sami Zayn is the hottest thing in WWE? Where does that leave Cody Rhodes they left no doubt in anybody's minds. They are still on board with Cody Rhodes, and they did the best job possible of keeping Sami Zayn hot and keeping that story relevant while still keeping Cody at that same level. And I thought making it personal between him and Paul Heyman was absolutely incredible. I'm okay with a little bit of inside baseball when it makes sense in the context of the story and this was a very personal promo between Paul Heyman, between Cody. Cody telling the story of, you know, Paul giving Dusty a paycheck when he had nothing at a point in his type, point in time in his life where they were down and out and wondering, you know, he didn't have a pot to piss in or a window to throw it out of. And Paul gave Dusty a shot, gave Dusty his confidence back, gave Dusty, you know, reminded Dusty who he was. And, you know, Cody telling that story and then Paul telling his stories and then just ending the whole thing the way that Paul did with, with telling Cody that, you know, he may, you may have been his favorite son, but Roman Reigns was the son he always wanted was just (laughs) as Jason would say, chef's kiss, because now, now there's heat. Now there's heat. And, and, and now whether it's Sami Zayn, whether it's Cody, you get the same explosion, no matter which one of these two guys takes, takes Roman to the to the cleaners. Rob, your thoughts here. Okay, okay, okay. Uh-oh. Now, now it's time for the show. 
Oh, here comes the shovel. Ladies and gentlemen, it's time for the golden shovel. It's not, it's not, for, it's not for the segment. It's not for anybody involved in the segment. It's for all you idiots out there who keep trying. What are they going to do about Sammy and Cody? What are they going to do about Sammy and Cody? Sammy's getting put down like a dog at the chamber, okay? That's what's going to happen, all right? All right, that's what's going to happen, okay? There ain't no debate, okay? Okay, he's going to get put right. down. You know what? Here we go. I'm doing it. Come here, old yeller. Here's the problem with fucking Sami Zayn. Let's talk about Sami Zayn. Go for it. Oh, go my it. God. We're all behind Sami Zayn. This meteoric rise, and it starts on this fucking show when we put him over to the moon and back. For everything he did at last year's WrestleMania with Knoxville. Like, that was all-time carnival wrestling stuff. And then he takes that, and he goes sideways, and he all of a sudden finds himself in the bloodline. I'm not kind of joining the bloodline. I don't know. And he gets this groundswell of support. Not really. Everyone's just really excited about the story and the bloodline and everything involved. So, and now we come to the question of, oh, well, we've we've charted this course where Cody's going to take the title off Roman and save wrestling for everyone and all this stuff. But now we have our Daniel Bryan moment. He's not oh, Bryan, no. Okay, hang on. But we have our Daniel Bryan moment. We have this little pipsqueak who, who really, we love him and he loves us and he's one of us. And by God, he used to wrestle in a suit and all this stuff. And he should be the one to beat Roman, not Cody. Which should, first off, already, fuck you guys for turning on Cody already. Fuck you, fuck you, fuck you. I don't care about any language thing on this show, podcast, whatever. Oh, if you have, if you're, the fact that you're turning on Cody by God Rhodes this fucking early is so disgusting. And pause. It's interesting that we throw Daniel Bryan into the mix of all this conversation because what does Daniel Bryan say about wrestling fans? Fickle. Let me, let, me, let, me, let, me jump, let me jump in here. Let me jump in here. Let me and jump. also, Daniel Bryan was not the people's champion. He was Vince's guy from the beginning. Y'all just played along. Thank you. And all right, and let, let me jump in here, okay? Because, okay, um, again, it, they're not the same Fickle! thing. Fickle! 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 Thank you, Tony. Right, but, here, but here's a couple of things. One, nobody's even turning on Cody. This is this is wrestling media manufactured bullshit. It is. It is. This is a bunch of people trying to make fetch happen so that they can have a story to talk about going into WrestleMania. They are trying, all these podcaster guys and some of these other people, they're trying to manufacture some people turning on Cody. Okay. They're trying to manufacture that. And it's not true. It's not a thing. Okay. Number one. Number two. And Sami Zayn is not Daniel Bryan. Okay. It's not the same story. It's not remotely close to being the same story. Daniel Bryan. Daniel Bryan from Jump wanted to be the world champion. Daniel Bryan was screwed out of the world title multiple times on pay-per-view shows. Okay. They told you a story where he was getting screwed out of the championship. Sammy has forward. never even Sammy has Sammy has never even cast a sideways glance at the yep. Universal Championship exactly. or the WWE World Heavyweight Championship. Sammy wanted so, to be in the Cool Kids Club. Exactly, and he was, and he got his goal, and he figured it out, and it's all done. Now, here's another reason 
why you people have to realize that Sami Zayn is going to get put down like a dog at the Elimination Chamber. You know why? Because that's what makes it good. You know, I walked in to WrestleMania 34. I had just been engaged. I had just asked my now wife to marry me. I was walking in with my new soon-to-be bride on my arm. I met my other friend, Rob, who I had met through the great glory of Twitter. I met him inside the arena before we all went to our seats and stuff. It was just this serendipitous, beautiful experience. And I sat my ass down, and I had my giant beer and my giant popcorn, and I said, this is great, because at the end of this, I'm going to walk out of here, and Roman Reigns is going to be the Universal Champion, and it's going to be a cap-off of such a great day. Well, you know what happened then? Roman Reigns got busted open like... I I can't even remember seeing that short that much blood in a short amount of time in a wrestling match, but and he got put down by Brock Lesnar. And you know why it was so 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 compelling? I'm not going to say it was good because I walked out in a pissed off foul mood. Because that's why it was good. That's why it was good because everybody walked in the Roman haters. The Roman lovers, the Roman, everybody in between, which is like, well, whatever. The merry-go-round stops tonight. We finally stop doing the Brock-Roman thing, whatever. If you're a hater, you're like, finally it ends. We Roman can win, and then we can go feud with someone else, for God's sake. And then, obviously, us love Roman Empire members are like, yes, our man will be champion for a thousand days. Well, that didn't happen yet, but it's coming. Anyway... That's what's going to make this Sami Zayn thing so good is because you guys are salivating at the thought of Sami Zayn, one of us, one of our guys. Like I used to watch VHS tapes of Sami Zayn, and he's going to beat Roman Reigns as the world champion. No, he isn't. No, he isn't. His face is getting stuffed down into the dirt, and he is getting pinned. One, two, three, and he is going to be added to the long list of victims in the Tribal Chiefs 1,000 days. DJ, please go ahead. Save me from myself. I, I told you guys in the chat, if Triple H wants to prove to Vince that he truly is the son that he always said he wanted, there's going to be a lot of broken hearts on February 18th coming out of the Elimination Chamber because Sami Zayn is not winning that match. That is the story. I remember reading one time, some people just understand their character, and their character doesn't always win. And I think Sammy understands that with the Sami Zayn character. I remember reading one time, uh, Tommy Dreamer. Tommy Dreamer notoriously had a feud with Raven back in the you know, late 90s in ECW. And Raven got him every single goddamn time. When, Go ahead, Tony. I'll finish my thought in a minute. What were you going to say? No, I was going to add to that Raven Dreamer thing so much so where, like, didn't Dreamer give up his title shot so that Terry Funk could have it and delay his he chance? He did, of- and building upon that, I remember reading an interview with Dreamer one time when Heyman finally put the world cha- the ECW World Championship on Dreamer. Dreamer was against it. He said, absolutely not. My the story is him win- ch- chasing the title. I'm the guy that chases the title and ultimately loses. That's my story. Yeah, Tommy you know, Dreamer it's like it's it's great. not true to the Tommy Dreamer character. If I actually, and I think he, I don't well, remember who, I think he beat Dreamer, or I mean, he think he beat Raven for it. 
But he's yeah. like, that's not and he and Dreamer was like legit hot at Heyman for even booking that. But he had to wait for it. Right. But that's understanding your character. It's okay to understand, hey, my guy doesn't always win. My guy's not gonna win the big one. And he's gonna but he'll damn sure make you think he might. And right now, Sami Zayn's got a lot of people convinced he's the next guy. And he's got two or three people convinced that he may be the guy in line ahead of Cody Rhodes. And that's, and that's ludicrous. It is stupid. That's insane. Okay, I'm sorry. Okay, it, it is ludicrous. Okay, I mean, it, it just is. Okay, he's going down hard at Elimination Chamber. That's what's going to happen. Y'all need to stop trying to make supporting characters and the main characters because, you know, because... How much like do you them. believe that Hunter's in 100% control? Just, I mean, like, give me what percentage you guys think Hunter's in control, and then I'll of, ask the question. Of creative? Yeah, just just what percentage? Don't go off. One hundred percent. Okay, DJ. One hundred percent. Paul Levesque is in DJ, control of. WWE I heard you. Creative. I heard you. DJ. Seventy-five percent. Rob. Ninety. So then, this is like a first for WrestleMania season. So, like to a point, then to that. We have no idea what's going to happen because Hunter's never booked a WrestleMania season before. Right. He right. doesn't. Sure. He could give two shits maybe about Roman's reign. Roman will always be known as the greatest modern time of this modern time until it's not the modern time anymore. No one gives a fuck about Hogan's. Like, I love Greg's point of if they're going to keep it on him, he's going to beat Hogan's modern day reign. Well, that might have been a Vince thing. I don't think Hunter really gives a shit. But how much is Vince still involved? Those are the questions that you have to ask yourself when you think about what's happening moving forward, right? I think Hunter believes in the vision of Roman Reigns making it past a thousand days. But but don't you think Hunter believes in the story more than how it evolves with the people? Like, I'm not saying Sammy's going to win, but what if he won? That'd be really cool. I don't care. Like, this has been one of the best builds to WrestleMania ever. That's why I was so excited for the Royal Rumble. So what? Okay, then you've already they've already kneecapped that up. This Monday, is a storyline so, okay. of a lifetime. People who were born before <laughs> fucking what, nineteen ninety five or something, they've never seen a better storyline as a fucking Okay, teenager. let's just pretend the elimination chamber is tomorrow, so because I don't know the exact dates. Okay, on Monday, say Sammy Zayn or excuse me, Paul Heyman told Cody Rhodes that Roman Reigns was Dusty Rhodes' favorite son. And then, and you booked a match for the Universal Champion, who, by the way, is Roman Reigns. Uh, oh, by the way, this it's Monday now. Uh, Sammy Zayn, who you have no problem with whatsoever, is the Universal Champion and the WWE Champion. And that's the belt you want. You already said you wanted that belt, so I guess you're going after Sammy Zayn now. Okay. I think, as far as the belt is concerned, Cody will go after whoever's champion. But in that promo. Right. Paul made it personal. So even well, if that, it's Sammy Zayn at, at Paul some came point, out because Sammy was talking or because sorry, because Paul came out the the premise of Paul coming out basically not only when he did, obviously he's there for Roman, but because Cody started talking about Sammy, right? And Cody came out to make right. a point in saying and making a point to the, the, WWE came out and made a point in this promo going no matter what happens Cody Rhodes is the main event for these two titles. They yeah. basically told us right. we're not splitting these titles. Cody will yep. wrestle for both of them, whether it's Sammy or Roman. If you think Sammy's going to win, 
then you're probably on the wrong side here as the Vegas betting line goes. But hmm. we don't know, right? And that's what's making this so fun is there are so many great angles coming out of last weekend, Monday night even, you know, the, the Cody Rhodes thing like we talked earlier about Brock and, 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 and Lashley. So much good stuff going on. Rollins, in theory, was accelerated a little bit more Can on Monday night. Can I ask Monday you guys night. one last thing? I'm sorry. Just things that came to my head because, like, I, I write stuff down when I'm watching, and I wanna, I'm going to ask the DP and AJ the same questions this weekend, right? Is do you guys think that that promo made it more about Cody doing it for Cody than it, Cody doing it for his dad? No, I think it keeps it still very personal to him and his dad. It yeah. does, yeah, I, but I think it does too. It's more a story about him too, as opposed to his dad never winning the title. It's about him growing up and seeing his dad. So it's more about Cody, whereas before yeah. it was about the title his dad never won. Now it's about how Paul Heyman helped his family and how he's going to still get to that title, even though he says that his dad never prepared him for it. In, in that, in that. Along that line, that makes perfect sense because one of the questions a lot of people that I see asking are, okay, Cody's going to win it for his dad, going to win it for his dad, then what? what? What's the then? What's the and then what? He's done it. He and did then, it. He he won it for the American dream. Here you go, dad. Holds it up to the heavens, dad. Here's the thing. I won the belt. Where where what does Cody Rhodes World Championship run look like after that? I think when you bring it back a step from doing it for my dad and now he's got a purpose. I think you can open that up into some very interesting storylines moving forward from when he wins it. Okay, let me just say, okay. The, the, he addressed Sammy because people were talking about Sammy, and that's what it was. It, just, it was a way of saying, okay, we see what you guys are saying on the internet. Okay, but and that's going to be the end of it, okay? Right, and but it's also just the, hey, we know the narrative that we just set. You guys yeah. – did you, who cares what the internet says? Because if they fucking wouldn't have addressed it, they would have well, been like, well, why do we fucking address it? And this well, is why I never talk about that motherfucker. They realize, who as cares? the writers, we just wrote this story and we we're have to a, kind of explain the where other characters feel about that story. We're the experts. Right. Let's tell these motherfuckers how to think. Yeah. So, this is why Tony, I was on the DWI podcast a week or so ago and Tony said, we don't deal with that IWC bullshit here. <laughs> which, which means the guys on the IWC podcast are probably a hell of a lot smarter than the guys on the Mindless Wrestling podcast because we probably get a little too deep into the IWC. No, it's and it makes good content. I get it, and I'm not I'm not downplaying talking about it either. I'm just right, not, right. you know no, what I'm, I mean. I'm making I, a rib out of it. No, I know, I know. I just I'm just like sometimes it's like damn, we give them a little too much credit. You know, they gotta be like whatever. Fuck and they it, are you know? in a bubble. We forget that they're in a bubble. Yeah. They really are a bubble. Yeah, True. and it's just. Look, Sammy's gonna lose, and then Cody's gonna lose, and then yeah. But that's the question mark in the air. I mean, is Roman is is Cody gonna lose? No. Yes, Cody Rhodes is going to lose. Cody, son of Dusty Rhodes, is is going to get one last kick in the nuts before he gets his championship. Come on. Yeah. I do think there's it's a good a, it, story it to be told purposes. there. It's um, for both purposes. It delays Cody. It gives a little more time for anybody else who might appear out of the clear blue sky to get well. And it gets Roman to a thousand days. Well, how fast? Because, oh, I don't know. If, I don't know. Oh, man, maybe. 
Well, let's 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 go back to Brock and Maybe. Roman. How many matches did it take before Roman finally beat Brock? Four or five. Five. So he won him on the fifth one. Yeah, and, and I don't think it's gonna take that long. But I guarantee you, look, if you want Vince to call Hunter and start screaming at him over the phone, um, so let him let him end that thing before they get to a thousand days. I mean, it's like it's I like I Cody said about it. about. You actually do – you can learn from the Roman Reigns experience. You can learn from it. You don't do, like, all the – oh, my gosh, how many how many matches did Brock and him end up having? Holy crap. But in a way, did 31 make 32 sweeter? I think it did. Yes. Um, and um, It just- didn't help. SummerSlam, it didn't help 34, it didn't help okay. this, it didn't, and they kept doing look at it. it. Let's yeah, look at it this way. Yeah, you Cody in the nuts once. We gotta look at it a different way. And this way. WrestleMania will be once. We gotta look at it a totally different way. What happens at WrestleMania 40? This is a... Cody this, wins the world title. At WrestleMania 40? Well, yeah, no, that's one in Philly, right? I think he yes. wins. I think he wins. Yeah, that's... Or SummerSlam, yeah. But I think I think, I think, I think you bury his character if he I doesn't think win Cody it now. Winning, I think you bury Cody his character. Cody winning is a WrestleMania moment. Cody wins in Philadelphia. Yeah, absolutely. The American Nightmare wins wins in sight of the Liberty Bell. What is Philadelphia known uh, for? Jesus. Rocky. Oh, really? oh, who? They're known for Rocky Balboa. Oh, which wait? There it is. Who? There it is. Rocky Balboa, you just you just Rocky sold Balboa, story, pal. Right here. They're, they're known for the biggest, for the biggest bunch of idiot fans out there. What they're known for. That's right. They're oh, gonna put also, a they're gonna put a bronze statue of Cody right next to Rocky Balboa. That's uh, right, baby. I know another. And I want to I want a training montage of Cody running up those steps, pal. I know another. Oh, that's coming. I know oh, another yeah. WWE superstar that goes by that used to go by Rocky. Ah, uh, yeah, used to, used to, as in doesn't wrestle anymore, has Dwayne, been, would have been, Dwayne not, he's gone. Back. I'm going to have to cut he's this clip, I'm going to have to cut this clip he's too for a year back. from now. He's, uh, <laughs> Tony's back. over here recording, making a, making a, a smorgasbord episode of the Mindless Wrestling Podcast, so he can pull all this shit up later on the DWI and say, "Listen to these idiots." Oh no! No, ago, no! 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 I come on here. I come on here and play it for you. And you're gonna come back and throw it at her faces, okay? Dwayne ain't coming back, man. No, he's done. Dwayne's knees are too shot to bend the knee. Yeah, exactly. And oh, speaking of that, DJ, thank you for reminding me. Also, 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 you know why Cody loses at WrestleMania? AEW, bend the knee, fucker. Let's go. Come on. Yes, you blew up a statue of me. You blew up a statue of me in your first show. Yes, I'm booking you to fucking lose. You're. Uh, We'll see. all right. It's not like I'm booking you to lose and then I'm going to make you go rounds with Happy Corbin for eight months. I appreciate you're going to lose here and you're going to win at SummerSlam, Bubba. So, you know, you're going to be fine. I appreciate the commitment. All right. Well, Tony tried to drag this conversation out because he's he's avoid he's avoiding he's avoiding what the the, what we invited him on here for. He's what the entire show was about. We didn't come here tonight to talk to you guys about NXT Vengeance Day or Braun Breaker or 
Cody Rhodes or or Sami Zayn's beard or anything like that. Um, we, we've got some grievances we need to air within the Chairshot Radio Network. Um, we had the Royal Rumble here a couple weeks ago, and Tony, being one of the one of the guys in charge over at the Chairshot Radio Network, uh, got got together a little um, little. What do, you, what do you guys think is going to happen at the Royal Rumble? You know, predictions and things like that. And he, he got together with the staff because it was an office meeting. And uh, a couple of people got left out of the office meeting. And uh, I'm going to let those guys speak up a little bit here because yeah, I realize we're the we're the new kids on the block here with the Mindless Wrestling Podcast. But, uh, I, Rob, you want, you want to go first? <laughs> well, yeah, because, Mr. Tony, I have been a chair shot contributor, both in print and on air, for – several years now and so how, how was I for me to not be included in this is just an outrage and you know what it, it's a good thing for you that, that you didn't invite Jason also because if you only if you, if you had only not invited me I might have to call you a racist okay, <laughs> okay. and okay <laughs> I just want to speak to that first and foremost. <laughs> I I understand the absolute hilarity, and between us us here, um, you know, like kudos. That's fucking funny. But for everybody listening that doesn't know, uh, I think you'll find that farthest from the truth. Uh, but continue, Rob. Please continue. I'm very much entertained and. And hoping not to be, you know, sentenced to death here. No, 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 no. Tony's not racist. Some of Tony's best friends are black. Hey, and let me just say, as a white guy, thank God a black guy said it for me. <laughs> <laughs> and that's how comfortable I am. <laughs> Rob, I love you. That was hilarious. Thank you. I <laughs> just... And of course, it should, not, it should not be lost in our audience that, that Ray and Chris Platt were both included in that. So that's even more preposterous. But you, so you continue to leave so of these things. And this is Tony. Like, what, what is this disrespect that we're getting? We're, I know we're new and all that stuff, but like, I don't know. I feel like that guy in the, uh, in the, what is it, the Ringer? You know, when the fuck did we get ice cream? I'm just now finding about, out about an ice cream party that we never attended. All right, CM Punk. Uh, we'll give, you'll get your <laughs> ice cream bars. <laughs> sorry. You know, i got to come back with little barbs here. I'm sorry. Um, yeah. Do you guys hear Why don't you guys just go ahead, get it all out, and then I'll I'll explain yeah, myself. And also, also, sir, I, uh, it has been a couple of years since I was on Bandwagon Nerds. I don't run bandwagon nerds. There, that one's over. Oh, well, well Patrick, you going to blame Patrick for this? Yeah, uh, fuck and, yeah. And, yeah, and, and you can follow him at Wrestling of... Realist with no fucking eye in wrestling. There you go. Send your fucking hate mail there. Love the guy. Not my <laughs> show. Love the show. Also, I'm the show. Not my show. Let's also be real. The, the chair shot has a show called He'll Bandwagon Nerds. And I don't know, the guys who... Wax poetic for two hours about Top Gun, and the guy who's named Jedi Fett uh, like me... can't get an invite on bandwagon nerds. 
I like. Are we, are okay, we so listen. I, I mean, listen. All, okay, you guys. The, I'm gonna help you guys out it? while you're prosecuting me here. I'm gonna help you. I'm going to help you guys out. Jason. 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 I don't know, man. This is bad. Jason, I'm gonna help you guys out. I'm gonna help you guys out while you're prosecuting me, and DJ will back me up here. You're not getting any fucking closer to being on bandwagon nerds right now, and I have zero power over that. DJ, am I correct? Uh, you are absolutely correct. I've been on there once. I've got heat. They probably won't invite me back. I would welcome one of you guys to go on there and take my <laughs> And DJ, DJ, Judge, DJ, for the record, please let the record show that PC Tony has zero to do with any of that on bandwagon nerds except for being a contributing uh, talent. He's a contributing talent slash editor on that show. He is not the booker. Let, let me let me be very clear here. Tunney is not the booker on that show. Don't 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 rest your prosecution on that one. Now that's a whole different territory. Yeah. So DJ, you have to add to our intro. Uh, <laughs> not only do the do we work for the Cage Side, uh, excuse me, for the Chair Shot Radio Network, but we also are blacklisted by the Chair Shot Radio Network. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> I forgot to add that to Rob the Genius's uh, uh, intro. He's he's yeah. blocked by <laughs> he's blocked by Adam Pierce for playing along. And the oh, the boy. only podcast <laughs> we are the only podcast that is Nana's and Kids approved I, and blacklisted I'll by our network. I'll be honest. That's right. I know kind of know I don't know Adam Pierce, but I met Adam Pierce and I know someone that really knows Adam Pierce and another guy who really knows him. He probably did that because he thought you'd enjoy being blocked by Adam Pierce. <laughs> well, yeah. As as Rob tells the interaction, I feel like he blocked you as a part of the work. Probably. Like Rob to was very, very like tongue firmly planted in cheek, telling Adam <laughs> Pierce, "How dare you, sir?" As the manager of this television show, and he blocked you because you're a hater. I think Tony needs to reach out to his person so they can reach out to his person so they can reach out to their person so that person can then in turn reach out to Adam Pierce and guys, tell him to please unblock Rob the Genius. Well, no, it's I'm like, not going to tell you who, but but somebody you know knows Adam Pierce. Ish. 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 And it's not who you'd think it would be. Nah. If, he, if he unblocks me, it's not, it's not fun. So yeah, that plus yeah, I'd have to true. take it. I'd have to take it out of your intro, and that's no fun. Right. Yeah, yeah. No, seriously, I I, I love Pop to yourself. think, and I will think that until I die that he blocked you as a work. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so Tony, sir, uh, what are we going to do about this? Like we we've got two fine gentlemen here who who feel slighted. Uh, we're coming out of the holidays, and, and you cut them right out of the Royal Rumble. Um, it's Black History Month, for God's sake. <laughs> Fucking A right it is. Um, Rob, you, you've done chair shot staff picks before. Is that so? You have not? Yeah. You've never done chair uh, shot staff picks before? Well, maybe I have, but um, it, but I haven't done them in a long time. Okay. And I didn't do them this time. Which means... Certainly hasn't but, but done them And I just want to tell you... It's been at least two years since I've done the chair shot staff picks. Now, when I used to do the chair shot staff picks, we had a much bigger writing staff that was included. And it would be 20 to 30 people. And it would take me about four to four and a half hours to put the chair shot staff picks up. 
So now, when I brought it back so many, many, many months later, I decided I was going to cut the list down to 10. And if you notice, there's 11 with my take. I was only taking 10. And I apologize for not including you guys, but I will definitely make an exception to make it at least 12 for Elimination <laughs> Chamber. And you both are going to be mainstays throughout the rest of 2023, if you will oblige me. Of course. We can always do more more work for the chair shot. We love the chair shot. Yes. All right. Now I'm happy you said that. Walked right into that Here trap, and you'll go. regret Here that two months from now. Excellent. Excellent. No, right. no, no, no. So I think I, the verdict... Do you got anything I, else to add, Tony? I, I understand the gripe, and I do apologize. And uh, I just want you guys to know... This show is a wonderful addition to the church. This isn't bullshit. DJ and I have talked on the side because it gotten to know DJ a little bit better. Rob, I've known for a while and just getting to know you, Jason. And man, your enthusiasm is awesome. But this is a really good show. And it's a really good addition because we got a lot of different takes. And you guys cover an, an, you know a number of things that we need, too. So you got to have those different opinions. You guys are getting... A lot of listens too so just so you know but the people are out there they're they're liking what they're seeing so well, we, we it, appreciate hearing that man that's uh like i said it was there's always a little bit of trepidation when when greg first reached out to me about coming on the chair shot we we had a little bit of a following but you know obviously any platform is a larger platform i'm glad to hear that we're contributing you know <laughs> that was a, that was something that was important to me that we're pulling our weight and, you know, I believe in this show. I believe in these guys. I believe in the guests that we bring on here. And, you know, it's that's good to hear. And I appreciate that. Uh, the, the defense okay, rests. So, all right. Uh, gentlemen, uh, are we in agreement here? Do we get a stay of execution here? That's exactly what I was about to call it. Let's just call it a stay of execution. And we'll revisit this in a little in a few months. All right. I feel Mr. Like Genius, are, are we unanimous? Yes, we are. All right, Tony, for putting us over. I feel like the mob. I feel like the mafia is going to become knocking every month. It's like, <laughs> honey, put the money in the envelope. There's a coming. There's a coming. All right, so I think we go on a little bit long tonight. Let's wrap back around the room here. Get any final parting thoughts? I'm going to start with our guest, Mr. PC Tunney. Anything you want to get out there before we call the go home here? Chairshot Radio Network. Uh, Tons of streaming uh, content for you. I mean, every single day, multiple times, multiple times a week. Sports entertainment and sports entertainment. ProWrestlingTees.com forward slash the chair shot. Make it happen. All right. Jason, yourself? Uh, thank you, everyone, for joining us. This is always fun. Uh, and thank you, Tony, uh, for being a good sport. Thank you, guys. And from the Rob the Genius podcast, the Deacon of Data, sir, thank you. How are you? Okay, and as always, just watch the show. Stop trying to write it, you idiots. <laughs> Amen. I like that. Yeah. And as always, you have been listening to the Mindless Wrestling Podcast, a part of the ChairShot Radio Network. You can find us on the ChairShot.com, where we encourage you to always use your head. Remember, you can call it pro wrestling. You can call it sports entertainment. You can call it whatever you want, but call it in the ring. And we're out of here till next week where we'll be talking Elimination Chamber. <laughs>